Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and today I'm joined by Ernest Watts. And Ernest, the latest news out of ESPN is that Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't get enough press already, is sitting out practice with a bad toe. Do you think having a bad toe is one of the top five problems, or do we overestimate it? Well, I mean, I think you can throw without it. There used to be a field goal kicker without a toe. Back in the 60s, Dempsey. Ben Am- no, not Dempsey had no foot. Uh, no, Ben Amajon, he had his cut off accidentally. And Dempsey was born that way. But Ben Amajon kicked in the AFL. It was, uh, I think, a logging accident or something. They lopped his toes off. Sure, it was a logging accident. He probably just, uh, you know, <laughs> fell asleep a- somewhere. It, yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, but so, they had a throw. I mean, you know, as for quarterback injuries, it's not like a, uh, you know, a shoulder injury which ended uh, Bradshaw's career early, or an elbow injury that uh, Jake DeLome ended his career early, or you know, a, a torso injury and in ribs. Yeah, I think you need to throw off one foot. I mean, it's. it's frozen tundra your feet are gonna be numb anyway they'll shoot it up something numb it up it's not the frozen tundra anymore in green bay they heat the field now well actually that goes back that goes before you think that because lombardi did that after the 67 nfl championship put in this underlying heating coil under it that heats it up but then see that was afterwards when john facenda with nfl films former philadelphia Channel 10 WCAU broadcaster came up with the frozen tundra on NFL films. So folks, you know if you I, haven't seen those, go to YouTube, look up NFL films and you'll hear the old John Facenda. So who was only, only brought in because he was the most popular newscaster in Philadelphia. NFL films was fa- based in the Philadelphia area. It's something about men. We like to think our voice is low, and we get microphones that we can talk and add deep bass. Um, and then ooh. we hear ourselves later and go, who's that high school <laughs> voice? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think had the, your favorite low voice in the movies? Favorite low voice in the movies? Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, uh, I, Lee, I, I always liked the way Lee Marvin talked. Boy, so, I am I am scaling. So, well, really, he was an actor really that old. sort of have a smoker voice. And yeah, if you smoked a, a lot, you have a lower voice. voice. Clint Eastwood had a high voice. He actually, Clint Eastwood mimicked his voice after Marilyn Monroe. Whispering? Believe it or not, the whispery voice, yes. Because he didn't get a lot, the first 10 years of his life, he didn't get a lot of starring roles until he went, got, you know, rawhide. Uh, Rowdy Yates on Ride, which was a TV show uh, in, on CBS. But for 10 years, because he was in the original uh, thing, uh, in which James Arness was the monster. Boy, this is really this is Legos. The story's linked together. And because of, he picked up Marilyn Rose whispery type of voice. D-voice, James Mason had a very distinct sound. Everybody could imitate him. Yeah. And Richard, Richard Burton had a melodious yeah, voice. Yeah, low voice. Well, he was Welsh. Yeah. And he was a classically Shakespearean actor. This is how I speak loud, like every Shakespearean actor. The old days, the Hollywood actors would go to a doctor that would break their voice box 
so that their yeah. voice would get lower, if he can believe it. They did that to Clark Gable. So he'd have a deep voice. Clark, these were, nobody knows who these guys are, <laughs> actors. Well, Hem, Henry Fonda had a high voice. Patrick John Mahomes Wayne, has a high voice. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of time. When he first came out, people didn't think they thought it was like a cartoonish like voice. Kermit the Frog say. voice. Yeah, yeah. Frank Oz, who's still with us, hasn't left us yet. But, uh, yeah, deep. Orson Welles had a deep voice. Yeah, somebody in this century. Before his time. Somebody in this century has a deep voice. Yeah. Most of the actors don't. Arnold has a. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I guess he does. Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's it. Or or, uh, Rocky. Stallone, that's more of a mumble. (laughs) And, and, And he hurt himself that his part of his face is paralyzed because he tried to climb a fence. And it's, it's more of a mumble than a deep voice. I guess if you're going to go with deep voices, you have to go with the deep voice. And that's James Earl Jones. People love Morgan Freeman, though, too. Morgan has a kind of high voice when you think no, about it. No, but he's the voice of God, you know. Yeah, but James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones has the Luke, voice. Luke, you are my son. I am uh, your father. Simba, you yeah. will be king one day. You will be king. This is CNN. <laughs> See, everybody <laughs> uses that deep voice. Yeah, it's yeah. James Earl Jones. That's it. That's it's the a guy thing. One we more like calls. to get yeah. a deep voice. voice. We all wish on. we had deeper voices. Yes, right. It's fascinating. British actors, when they play American roles, will deepen their voice. Yeah. If you've seen all of them, they go like a cadence below. Cumberbunch did that for Doctor Strange. Uh, What's his face did that for House. And, uh, and they all they all drop their voice a little bit to speak because the British voice is naturally higher. Yes, pip pip cheerio, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. Well, getting to sports, this is <laughs> part of the confusion. You never know what rant will go after. Yes. Um, sports always is the gift that keeps on giving, and right now a bunch of awards for baseball has been handed out, and baseball is trying to be like NFL and stretch out their news feeds year-round. So any of the postseason awards surprise you, Ernest? I mean, it's kind of open. I mean, Burns didn't have that great a career, but being in no one really stands out in the National League, and, and Ray, I guess, I, you know, instead of Burns, I would have probably given it to Scherzer. That that kind of surprised me a little bit. Ray, yeah. I mean, there's like five or six guys in America that you could have given it. Do you know this will be the first time since 19, I'm going to say 1988, that the two MVPs will be from teams that did not make the playoffs? American League and National League? Wow. Wow. Do you yeah. know who those two were in 88? Uh, Kirby Puckett and somebody else. No, George Bell and uh, Andre Dawson. Okay, neither have made it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Dawson's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes. So if you went to the Hall of Fame, who would you want to see first if you went in there? Who's Platt? Yeah. Brooks yeah. Robinson? Oh, yeah, Brooks. Brooks and Frank. Then Palmer. I got to get my Oreos out of the way. And then Hank. Gotta go see Hank. 
Have you ever been there? No, that's 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 the uh, the the two quests that if I once I finish them I'll probably die. It's Fenway Park and Cooperstown. Wow, wow, Ernest. I've been to the. You ready for this? Been to the golf National Golf Hall of Fame. I've been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame, Packer Hall of Fame, the Braves Hall of Fame. I know I'm missing some Hall of Fame in there somewhere. Uh, I haven't been to the hockey one in in Toronto. That would be nice. I have but, been to uh, the Toronto the NHL Hall of Fame. I've been to Springfield, Mass. for the Basketball Hall of Fame, which I enjoy quite a bit, and the Baseball Hall of Fame. I went as a kid. Um, and maybe that's it. We'll have to go. You have to go during the summer to the Hall of Fame, and actually, if you can see a game, look kids playing on the field, and then of course there's Pete Rose across the street selling something. You know that always touches me. Well, he's not in Vegas. <laughs> now, when you went to the Springfield to the Basketball Hall of Fame, did you drive downtown to the uh, shopping center where the actual Springfield court was at, where the genesis of basketball began? Because that's the only true sport that we know we can point to origin spot. The other sports are amalgamations or ev- evolutions of, of different sports over a period of time. But but basketball, the, the sense of putting the ball in a basket, is when Dr. Snaysmith did it at Springfield College, is pretty much the same from the beginning. We did not go downtown. We enjoyed it quite a bit. I remember... At some point, my wife and daughter were with us, my son and I, and we wanted to keep going, and they were, like, done. They were so done. And we wanted to shoot baskets at the open the court. The rotating there. open court. That yeah, moved. but they were, like, done. And so we, we left there and said, hey, at least we got to see it. But I want to go back to Cooperstown during the summer when it's more relaxing, and it would be awesome to go. But then anyway. Cheaters wing, right? Where they had the wing for all the cheaters, Seiko and A Rod, and which which one did you enjoy the most? Which Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know, I think the Baseball Hall of Fame, just because I was a kid, you know, that just meant a lot to me. I was actually playing baseball little league at that point, and every little leaguer dreams, or at least a lot of kids do, that someday I'll make the big time. I'll be, I'll make the show. And, of course, that wasn't meant to be. Um, but baseball has more of a historical background than any other sport. I mean, there's history to it, and it's varying degrees. You know, basketball is much, much younger. Baseball is interbred with the the country's history to many respects. The industrialization, the expansion westward, all that. Uh Again, baseball has a more – it relies on its history more than other sports. So would you rather football, go see the Hall of Fame or go to a World Series game? Oh, wow. Uh, probably the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, because baseball experience, you can experience on television. You know, I mean, I got YouTube a walk through the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't be the same as going there. Yeah, yeah. Well, getting back to baseball, there's a lot of free agents being signed right now. And in the other podcast that I contribute once in a while, Boys of Summer, we were wondering if the owners would hold off on signing free agents, thinking there's going to be a lockout anyway. But instead, it seems like the owners are saying, no, nope, we're going to go ahead and buy everybody we can before it, it changes. And the latest news today is that Verlander is re-signing with the Astros for one year for 25 
million dollars. Is that a good buy for the Astros? Compared to uh, uh, Noah Skylander for twenty, Thor? is it twenty-three million with the Angels? Syndergaard, 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 signing with the Angels for twenty-one million. And Syndergaard has not pitched in three years. Which you think's a better deal? <laughs> Verlander's been Verlander. there, done it. Yeah, but he's much older. Syndergaard was throwing 103, 106 miles an hour. Uh, he's had Tommy John. Uh, I mean, let's face it. If Verlander doesn't pitch again, he's earned his money. He got him a he got him to the World Series. Well, the last time Verlander was hurt, he hurt. He tore some stomach muscles, and he took a whole year off to rest. And he came back so much rested. The year off really helped him. Now that was five, six years ago. So. The, question is is that going to still be the case does the rest help a pitcher or is it too, too rusty and not going to be a good pitcher and he's much older than Syndergaard but in the end you don't know what you're going to get him I think the signings you're seeing now are just a precaution so collusion is not you know you know the the owners had to pay a big amount for collusion in the 90s when they actually did collude to keep the market down and they're going to sign some guys. I don't think you're going to see the big signees. You're not going to see the shortstops. Uh, I understand for Freddie Freeman right now, the discussion's on a sixth year, five-year contract versus a six-year. He wants a six-year contract, which means he would be 38 years old. Uh, I think something will be worked out. But I don't think you're going to see the real big ages. I mean, the Braves picked up Manny Pena, who was the backup catcher for the Brewers. The Berrios resigned with Toronto. He was probably their second best pitcher behind Ray. But I don't think you're going to see the big money. See, one driving factor with all this is when all the regional sports networks were bought by Sinclair, uh, there's a possibility there's going to be a reduction of money that the baseball teams are getting from the regional sports networks. And they don't take losses. Now, There'll be baseball next year. I just don't think it's going to start in April. So you said Sinclair. Like up in Detroit here, Bally Sports bought the Fox. Which is owned by Sinclair. Ah. Bally bought sponsorship because it's advertisement for their gambling um, consortium. It's the same group that owns the gyms, but they also have uh, a gambling uh, aspect to their business. I remember when Bally was just pinball games and... Ball in bowling alleys and stuff, but that's long ago. Have you I ever been in Apple's a, calculators? But go ahead. Have you ever been in a casino? Yes, sadly I have for the free food, the cheap <laughs> food. I have not put a coin in there. I have not thrown uh, dice. I have not. I've not gambled. I'm not one of those individuals who are morally against gambling. It's just I'm too cheap. <laughs> Well, I, I'm both. I'm too cheap and morally opposed. So. Well, I mean, and, and I know enough about sports. There's no way, you know, listen, I don't do fantasy football because I know how fickle it is, how injuries and, I mean, let's face it. If you had told me at the beginning of the year, Cam's going to be starting for the Panthers, right, I'll right. run you on drugs. Yeah. I mean, it's just a type of thing. I mean, if you, the only thing I know that I can give that I know will happen every year in the NFL is there will be a tie, 
and someone on one of those teams uh, will come uh, to the press conference afterwards and go, I didn't know we could have ties in football. Uh, they do it every year, dude. Come out from under a rock. That's the only thing I would gamble, I would say for sure. Well, let's talk about Cam. You brought him up. He got a win for your beloved Panthers. Well, well, His well, overreaction. Pump, 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 pump your brakes. He was in he was in 12 plays, okay? PJ Walker and Chris McCaffrey won the game. Cam, and Grant, Cam is a great red zone player because of his size. And that's what they used him as. Now, starting an entire game, I'm a little nervous about. But but to use him in the red zone, he's a great weapon. Truly is. He's, he's the equivalent of bringing in a uh, defensive tackle to play fullback. He's the modern fridge, so to speak. But P.J. Walker did a pretty good job keeping the team going. The defense was fired up. It's the number two rated defense in the NFL. Now, you know, it's it's early. They would get the last playoff slot, but it's a long way to go. They could stumble. The next three games will determine if if this is a viable type of thing because they've got Atlanta, they've got Washington, and they've got Miami. So if they win all three, which is a big ask, then they're a viable contender. Lose one of those games and it's get ready for the draft next year. Well, your coach down there, Matt Rule, is being rumored by the LSU booster clubs as a potential candidate for LSU. Do you buy that for a second? No, no, he's not going to. He's uh, LSU's going to look somewhere. I mean, there's not that many big names to look for. Uh, if LSU was smart, they'd look down the road to the west. And they talked to Billy Napier at Louisiana University. But no, they want a flashy name. And Billy Napier is not a flashy name. But he has made what used to be Southwest Louisiana State into a football power, which is nationally ranked. I remember at the beginning of the year, you were talking about, what's Louisiana doing being ranked? But, you know, they're a Sunbelt power. And Napier is a young guy. Is that what I sound uh, like? Say that again. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. What's that, they doing right? Yeah, my no low, are you doing Seinfeld? Sound more like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Maybe I should go back to my James Earl Jones impression. Yeah, I don't. But, uh, you say, Paul, you sound like this. No. Paul, you sound like this. Now that was Stallone like. Yo, 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 okay. yo. Billy Napier, yeah. Louisiana should be right. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's right. Are you kidding me? It's right. Hey. I am root. Um. Yeah, Napier is a better candidate. There's a lot of young talent, but everybody wants the big names. And it's there's gonna be a lot of colleges looking for 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 coaches at the end of the year. I think Florida's gonna be looking, LSU's looking, Texas Tech has gotten one, SC, Washington. But you think Matt Mullen's already done down in Florida? Yeah. When you give up fifty points to Samford. Not Stanford, Samford, okay? A A A F C S school. I know they Baptist School in points. Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. Uh most famous alumni is Um uh, I was gonna say Timothy George, who's a minister, but I, that's not what you're gonna say. No, Bobby Bowden. Oh Bobby Bowden was a quarterback for Samford University. He he always wanted to go to Alabama, but did not get the request, but I digress. Uh, yeah, I think Mullen's gone. Uh, people, 
people in Florida feel like they should be there with Georgia and Alabama. Well, they were there the last couple years. I mean, he's just had one bad year here. How many bad years did Ogeron have? Well, year and that, a half. That was cumulative. How many uh, cases were in the legal system against his well, players? Well, yeah. You, you think that's why they got rid of him for the legal case? No, that he was hitting on all the other coaches' wives and do everybody you, else. Yeah, yeah. He, do you think he just started doing that after he won a championship? <laughs> Vin Diesel. There's an actor with a low voice. You said Groot the other day, earlier. Yes, I am Groot. Also, he was the Iron Giant. Fabulous kids movie. Trivia for tonight. Uh, even the Texas coach. is. I mean, when you lose to Kansas. No, it's his first year, lost, though. Come on. Give him a little uh, slack. He left a team that was, okay, a team that had, what, 21-point lead over Oklahoma, which now that Oklahoma got beat last week may not mean that much. I mean, Texas has extraordinary – there are certain schools that have unrealistic expectations. Well, you know who they are. I know you're coming and, around to Michigan. I know yeah, you are. Well, I was going to wait and go Texas, and I was going to uh, go LSU, coming. and I was going to go Oklahoma. I, you know, when's the last time they went? There are a lot of teams that are – I know I'm making Nate angry. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship since 1988. I'm mean, even further back than Michigan has won a partial championship. I mean, there are a lot of schools that that operate on on, on you know, Florida has not even made the Final Four. They haven't gotten out of the uh, of the SEC East. You know, the old football coach is available. He's ready. Football, yeah, he's a football coach. Uh, Meyer may be available too. <laughs> Meyer may be available at the end of Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville. No, no. You don't think he'd go back to Florida one more time? He uh, aiming for L- L- for the LSU job. LSU wants a name, and that's why they're looking for a coach every five years. Here's a name for you that may come out: Bill O'Brien. He's in the Alabama rehabilitation program right now. Yeah, he's going to SC. I have no doubt he's going to USC. Yeah, and I, hopefully, and he's a better college coach than he is a pro coach, like his mentor, Saban. I mean, that's just different respect. But I think he'll go. He's a safe pick, and I think SEC, USC will pick him. Now, Washington, you know, this is only Lake's second year, and it's hard, to, you know, to fire a guy after a year and a half because they only played three games last year, but he pushed a kid on the sidelines. You're talking about Lake, the coach. Uh, Jimmy Lake, the coach of Washington, University of Washington. Yeah. So, who's going to be your final four if you had to pick right now? Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Mm, Oregon. Who's the fourth winner? Come on. Oregon. 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 I would have to agree with all those, even though I don't like it. Um, I doubt Ohio State's going to lose to both Michigan State and Michigan. I I think it's 50-50. They win both those games, and then they'll go on and win the, the championship at the end of the year. The question about Ohio State is their defense, and will they you know man up when they need to? There's no doubt their offense can roll, but if their offense is having a bad day, is their defense good enough to shut down another opponent? I think Michigan State playing them this week has a good chance, but that's in um, at Ohio State and Columbus. So I hope Michigan State beats up good old Ohio State really bad. So when Ohio State comes up to Michigan, Michigan 
gets him on a little letdown. But there's no such thing as a letdown in that game, though, too. Did you know so, that Harbaugh's pants caught on fire on the game at Penn State? Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Hanging from a telephone wire. Now, now, what happen, now what happens? Let's say theoretically. So here's here's, here's what happened Michigan to Harbaugh. State, but Har- now Michigan State beats uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Okay? You think. And, we hope. Maybe it's not going to happen, though. And then uh, Michigan beats Ohio State. Oh, please, Lord. And then I guess Michigan State would go in. But if Michigan loses to Ohio State, then they all have one loss, right? No, Michigan would have two losses in the conference. Yeah. So So it'd be head-to-head between Ohio State and Michigan State. So Michigan hopes Michigan State beats Ohio State, but if then Michigan State still only has one loss, and Michigan has only one loss, Michigan State wins the side. Um, unless there's a surprise loss somewhere else that we don't know about, which could happen. Who knows? But I'm getting back to the final four here. So Oregon, you know, we sort of make fun of the Pacific West. Their coach is a pretty decent coach. You think a Cristobal or whatever his name is going to get? Mario Cristobal. Miami is what the rumor is. Going back to Miami. Because, you know, he played at Miami. He was a defensive lineman at Miami. But that's just a mess. Why would he leave a yeah. place where, I mean. Nike pays. Yeah, I mean, Miami's another one of those schools that are ranked with Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas, that, that are living in LSU, that are living off past dreams. I mean, Miami has not been a, a not since 2001 have they been a national contender. And that's a small school that plays their games 25 minutes away from the campus. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to have that, that home field advantage in that respect. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see anybody going to Miami and reviving the program. No more than I do Florida or the other schools I mentioned. I mean, it's, it's a different time. And you look at the schools that get the top 10 rankings and those are the teams that constantly win. I mean, I, I think that's the root of the problem between Ohio State and Michigan is Ohio State is that top five in talent. Uh, if you switch coaches between Ohio State and Michigan, who would win the game? Ohio <laughs> State would win, right? I know so, it hurts to say. Yeah, so that's the old adage. Is it talent alone yeah. or is it talent and coaching? It's talent. Is it talent, coaching, and facilities? Is it talent, coaching, facilities, and boosters who, like at Michigan State, they have two rich guys throwing in a bunch of money to keep Mel Tucker there right now because LSU's made a lot of noise. They might want Mel Tucker, and they're going to give Mel Tucker, according to news reports tonight, for 10 years, $99 million for, for sticking around. Shouldn't he have a car dealership? What do you want to buy a car from Mel Tucker Chevrolet? <laughs> Mel Tucker Chevrolet. I'm well, there was a guy named Mel Farr who was a running back for the Lions during the 70s, and he owned Ford dealerships in Detroit area for a long time. Buy a car from Mel Farr. It's talent and depth. That's the difference. That's why Alabama succeeds all the time. But will See, but the transfer portal now. is sabotaging that depth idea. But still, you've got to have the talent in that respect. You know, Bum Phillips used to say what made Don Shula great as a coach was he could take his and beat yours, and then he'd take yours and beat his. (laughs) 
And I, it's the same now. It's it's the reverse. It's the talent. I mean, I, I don't think it's. Do I think Harbaugh is a worse coach than Day? No, I don't think he just doesn't have the talent over there. I mean, I'm an outsider. Okay, you're you're very close to the problem. All right. And as an outsider, I can see the difference in talent with those two teams play. And I don't care if you're the reincarnation of Vince Lombardi and Amos Amago Stag and Pop Warner all in one. If you ain't got the horses, you ain't going to pull the plow. And that's you look at the schools that are number one, two, three, and five in talent, and you see the same schools all the time. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. But programs can reload now like never before. It's almost like yeah. basketball. It's like a team. But basketball, like, you just need one, Paul. Yeah. Football, you need about 10. Yeah. Well, let's get to another incredible athlete that we saw on a screen, but not on a field. Um, once in a while, we talk about entertainment in this podcast, and we're going to talk about the latest James Bond movie, Bond, James Bond, No Time to Die. And if you don't want to hear the spoilers to, to the ending of this movie, then, hey, thanks for listening. Tune us back next week. But we're going to talk about the complete movie, No Time to Die. You ready, Ernest? Yes. He dies. Yeah, I'd like to say the, the, he the title is it. Obviously, there was. There was time to do that respect. Uh, not only does he die, but his CIA contact, Felix Leiter, dies also. So how would you rate this of all the James Bond movies you've seen? Because I love so James all Bond all of them, or are we going to say the, Don, uh, the Daniel Craig movies? Well, first let's say, I think Daniel Craig's my second favorite Bond uh, behind Sean Connery. And, and you know, when he first was named at that, I had my doubts. Because I had seen him in Road to Perdition, a movie called Resistance, uh, Munich um, by Spielberg. I had seen him in, in, in movies, and he, he kind of was not a main character in that respect. So in Casino Royale, which really like a two-parter almost, a first part to a movie, and at first, I, you know, the, the villain, Le Chiffre, kind of came out, had more charisma on the role than he did, but he, he got better. I mean, Skyfall to me was the best one of his movies. Mm. Skyfall was really, really good. Of course, you had the emotional aspect of M being killed at the end or dying at the end. And to me, that Skyfall was his best movie. This was better than Quantum of Solace and yes. better than Casino Royale. Yes. Uh, I'd rank it, this is probably one of his third best. And that's because Rami Malik wasn't that compelling as, as as a villain to that extent. Uh, Christopher Waltz, who was in there for a short period of time, is who plays his adopted brother. Sorry, there's another uh, <laughs> another spoiler there. Ernst Stavros uh, Blofield. Uh, he's more compelling, more charismatic. Malik was, was kind of bland in, to it. And here's another spoiler. Um, he chooses to die because he's infected with nanonites, nanites that would kill his daughter and his uh, girlfriend at the end. Well, in real life, the device that uh, Q gives him, the little wristwatch, which emits an EMP, 
EMP would destroy all nanites. That was proven in the movie Small Soldiers. But I <laughs> You're quoting movies as scientific evidence for another movie? Well, it movie? is. It is. An EMP would do that. An EMP what? destroys all. We can, you know. It is nice. Did you know uh, they had a role for Anna de Armas? That, yes, uh, I did notice Craig that. Craig put, put her in because they were in, what was the movie? Knives the, Out. Yeah, Knives Out. Because she, they, him and her played in that together. He made a role just for her in that respect. But it was it was a nice wrap up. It, it it was like Dark Knight Rises. It ties up all the packages. Yeah, you know, you, it wraps you told everything me up in a bow. Thirty minutes longer than it needed to be, and I agree. But that was all backstory, so you could have some closure with this character. And of course, you know, James Bond um, can't be just killed with a gunshot. It takes like twenty nuclear bombs to kill James Bond. You know. Yeah, and then they have the little scene, the tear-jerking scene at the end where they, you know, where N does this little salute to him with Money Penny and all those, and and now, and but you did notice, even though he dies at the end of the film, the credits, the last thing it says is James Bond will return, and now we'll have the biggest search since uh, who will play in Gone with the Wind. It's going to be a prequel, I tell you. It's going to be a prequel before he just joins Double O. And then three people that I hear that are up for it, and I don't know their names, but I can tell them from movies. Been the guy in Bridgerton, which I've never seen on Netflix, chick flick. Uh, the kid in 1917, which he seems a little, yeah, the you never saw 1917? No, one of the great movies of our time. Wow. It's, it's, Oh, it is one of the preemptive uh, World War One movies, and this guy's been in a lot of other things. I'm trying to remember his name. It's uh, George McKay. That's it, George McKay. George McKay, the guy in Bridgerton, and um, uh, the guy from uh, 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 what's the Downtown Abbey? Uh, uh, oh, well, I've never watched a single episode. Oh. So. Yeah, they're all younger guys. Uh, you know, I, they asked Idris Abel about it, and he said, I'm 49 years old. Yeah, right. No. Craig, Craig was the oldest James Bond ever. When he, he started. Yeah, no, the last film. The last, the last film. film. Well, it, it took a year and a half Roger for it to Moore. come out. Yeah, well, it was filmed two years ago. Roger Moore, to me, was the worst James Bond. Uh, well, in this movie itself, let's talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they had a little for everything in that movie. I mean, they had drama. I thought the the uh, director did some amazing uh, scene work or photography. It was just really well done. Everything looked like dramatic. Like the scenes in Sweden were amazing. Um, and then there were sort of shout outs to previous James Bond movies, like when James Bond's going through this bunker. Of course, every James Bond movie seems to have a bunker where former um, missiles were, and they have to get it out. Hello, Dr. No. But anyways, so he turns, you know, the classic look like you're looking down a telescope or a, and you see the circle and then James Bond turns around and shoots at you. They did something like that. Um, it was, I thought it was really well done. and But you told me it was long. And so <laughs> when some strategic times, I took my breaks like I needed to. Yeah, this is the longest Bond movie. It's two hours and 45 minutes. 
And I guess that kind of gave you, you know, they had to wrap some stuff up, but you can tell it was, you know, the whole Cuba added plot when they go down to Cuba could have been cut really easily. But I know it's it's Craig's last time. Be interesting to see what he does. I know he's doing another Knives Out movie. They've already started casting that. And it'd be fascinating. It's it's the after Bond careers have been interesting. Connery went out and did all kinds of things and tried to experiment, did some really strange stuff. Uh it's it's Roger Moore pretty much retired after Bond. Um and, and uh, George Lazarby disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, the other two uh, have done some stuff. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Timothy Dalton. He's doing a series now on HBO max. It's the, uh, it's a, a comic strip superhero series. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is the same thing that uh, Remington steel Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is going to play a, equivalent of dr strange on the uh, black adam movie with the rock mm. so he's going into superheroes also yeah. but it's been interesting what what they've all tried to do and they've had to change bond i mean it's the the, the me too generation he's not the womanizer that no Connery was and again roger moore was the saint to me and he kind of played it like he was looking at the camera, how ridiculous all this was. <laughs> the smirks. You know, yeah, the smirks. Like, are you in on the joke? And it's, you know, Dalton came in and played it more realistic, but only lasted about two. I wish he had done a few more because I thought he did a pretty good job in that respect. No, I thought he was dull. And in this latest um, Bond, they have little shout outs to previous years. Like, every Bond movie has to have some gadget, you know? And then there's always some villain with the extraordinary facial feature or something wrong with them or something they have. Like they had jaws with the amazing teeth. And this movie had a guy with a fake eye and, um, and they played a little joke on him toward the end. It was really James Bond a lot. Daniel Craig didn't do a lot of those one liners, but he did a couple of them in this movie. Like, Oh, Q that just blew his mind, you know? And aha, we get it. You just (laughs) used your device to blow his artificial eye up. Um, So, I enjoyed it. It was well worth the time. My wife likes action movies. Um, and I'm, I think they'll continue. Obviously, it's too much money to be made. And I know the British, man, they, this is the favorite series they have. So, Well, the underlying story has always been, as they've already treated James Bond, is it wasn't a singular person. It's a title like Batman or, or you know, it's just a title that passes on to another person. Batman kind of handles it like there's many different, dimensions and worlds and that type of thing and bond they go like the name bond is different because in skyfall uh they actually wanted sean connery to come in to play the caretaker to the uh bond estate and he was in poor health at that time and they thought well that would blow people's minds if sean connery was in a james bond movie and he's not playing john not playing james bond at that time the first actor to play james bond was david niven no, what? Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson. They did a TV version of it in 1956, and Barry Nelson, an American actor, played him first. But David Niven played him too. Yeah, afterwards. Oh, sorry. And and this is a conversation me you had. Ian Fleming based James Bond on who? Oh, on 
I don't. I forgot. You know, tells the American it. American musician Hoagie Carmichael. Yeah, I don't believe that though. I don't believe. Oh it. yes, yeah, look it up. Yeah, it's the facts. Ian Fleming needed that book to do well. He was a writer that needed some hits, and he was pretty protective about it. But anyway, we got. And start... he was actually an OSS agent during yes. the Civil War, uh, during World War II. Excuse me. Well, let's wrap up this puppy of a podcast with you a few good minutes there, Ernest. Okay, I love this little story. Let me tell you this story. I, this was told on the Manning broadcast on Monday Night Football. Did you watch this week? I did not. Okay. One of the guests was Phil Mickelson. And Phil <laughs> came in and ripped Peyton's physique, said he got flabby, said he got fat. So Peyton said, if you watch the old recordings of the signals uh, when he was with the Colts, he would always call out tiger, tiger, tiger. That meant the snap was on one. If he said, Phil, 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 that means the snap was on two. And he chose that because tiger was always rated number one in the world. Ooh. And Ooh. Phil was always ranked Ooh. number two. <laughs> nice way to get back at Phil Mickelson. I heard Phil Mixon called, um, the other Manning brothers, uh, swing Eli. cute. Eli Manning yeah, swing. Yeah, That's Eli cute, Eli. Cute. Yes. Yeah. Well, he was just swinging on his little uh, demonstration device. Yeah. Phil was kind of being a little bit of a uh, low key, something that rhymes with boat hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, you know, it's I I love watching it. I just wish they would cut down to about two guests. Because they got all Michaels on there, and Al Michaels obviously loves to curse. And they were showing some film from his golf, and he looked like a seventy-five-year-old man, yeah. which he is. He yeah. had the old, he had the hat on, the high socks, and his every other word had to be beeped out. But uh, the you know there have been some duds at guests, but Al Michaels was great. Phil was pretty good. So was Dream on Green, surprisingly enough. But uh, some others, like Phil Rivers, was pretty much kind of put me to sleep in that respect. But I'm, I'm wondering if we won't see an expansion of this. You know, ESPN has been good at doing this for national championship games, playoff games, a separate broadcast with coaches. This is a lighter approach, and it kind of makes Monday night a little different. i got to be honest with you. When there's a Monday night game and there's not a Manning cast, it's it's a disappointment. Wow. Wow. Burn. All right. My few good minutes is that last Friday, my son invited me to go to a NCAA tournament game. You might think, what sport is playing tournament right now? Ladies soccer, women's soccer in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Michigan playing against the MAC champion, Bowling Green. So it was where my son went to college and where my son earns his money at the University of Michigan. And so we went to it with his three, with his two daughters and a, another nephew, and we went to it, and it snowed, and it snowed, and it snowed, and Michigan won three nothing. But it was a great environment, a wonderful stadium, natural grass, uh, lots of fun, um, and so I, I think soccer is alive and well, but it's so much better. Like some sports, you gotta see it in person. It's like hockey. Hockey's so much better in person. Basketball. When you see how high those guys can jump and how they can move their bodies so quickly, even though they're so big, and then the speed and the hit of football. So I'm encouraging you to get out safely to watch a sporting event. 
can I get a quick PPS here at the end? You know, you usually have a PS. I'm on a PPS. Yes, sir. All right, real fast. Like uh, Speaking of basketball, I had the opportunity to go with my grandson to see my Hornets beat the number one team in basketball, the Warriors. It was a special night in the city of Charlotte because on the same day, Panthers beat the number one team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. It's a rare day that teams in the NFL, NBA beat the number one teams on the same date within an hour of each other. And let me tell you, the Warriors are for real. They are so much better defensively, and they're one of the best passing teams around. So it was a great game. No one got more than six points ahead during the entire broadcast. It was up and down basketball. It was beautiful basketball. It was a good day for the Watts household. Yes, yes. Good day in Charlotte. There we go. All right, that's our podcast for today. If you have questions, comments, uh, email me at goblue.arnold at gmail.com. And I'll get answers back to you. And you could may even be a guest host. Who knows? So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.